0: Um, The reading today is Psalm 146. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God all my life long. Do not put your trust in princes, in mortals, in whom there is no help. When their breath departs, they return to the earth. On that very day, their plans perish. Happy are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphans and the widow but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever, your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. Thank
1: you, Cheryl. Thank you very much. Is there a smartphone in the room? Anyone got a smartphone? Would one of you look up a Google dictionary or some online dictionary meaning of the word heretic, H-E-R-E-T-I-C? It's to prove a point in just a minute or two. Um... One of the coolest things about the New York conference meeting we had, we our keynote speaker and head preacher uh, was a lady named Bishop Yvette Flunder from San Francisco, uh, an an iconoclast, just an incredible, incredibly powerful speaker, and uh, I was. I uh, texting Teresa yesterday as I was sitting there waiting for her to get up and speak. And I texted her because they live web streamed the whole meeting yesterday and it's still recorded online. I'd urge all of you go to uccny.org, not now, and uh, watch this woman preach and teach. She is amazing. And I'm texting Teresa and I said, if you are anywhere near a computer, turn on the live web stream right now. You've got to hear this woman. And she answered, What is she preaching on? And I answered, Jesus is a heretic. And she answered, You gotta love the UCC. (laughs) Heretic. A dissenter from established religious dogma. One who dissents from an accepted belief or doctrine. My friends, Jesus is a heretic. Think about it. Who killed him? Who opposed him? Who put out a death warrant on him. He, he did most of his adult preaching with an arrest warrant, an active arrest warrant. they were calling for his head. Jesus was a heretic. And yesterday, Bishop Flunder urged all of us clergy and lay people at this meeting to be heretics too. Saying, you know, if you want to make it real, if you really truly want to help people know the gospel, then you got to buck a lot of the baggage that people can't stand. That's an amazing point. But anyway, in there with all of that was this hunger for that which is timeless and permanent. And that's the name of our sermon this morning. Our sermon's really going to be just an illustration because time is of the essence. Time, time, time. And really, the whole message today can be distilled down very quickly. Psalm 146, praise for God's help. Do not put your trust in princes, verse 3, in mortals in whom there is no help. When their breath departs, they return to the earth. On that very day, their plans perish. But happy are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps faith, Forever. All of us are here, either because our parents or somebody else dragged us, or because we want to be here. Because we want in our life something timeless and permanent, something meaningful, something that helps us make sense and helps guide our next steps. That's why we're here today. But in truth, everybody wants and needs and hungers for that same thing, including lots of people who don't go to church. I did a burial this past week during the worst of the monsoon. I did a burial in Woodlawn Cemetery, where we were all huddled under umbrellas, about 25 of us maybe, maybe maybe 15 or 20 of us huddled under umbrellas. many years ago there was a little boy who had been born unlucky he had been one of the millions of people who were born in a broken household that was abusive to the point where he ended up in the foster care system and he ended up adopted by a family where there was substance abuse issues and more abuse out of the frying pan and into the fire. There is a family that lived next door including a man uh, whose funeral I actually had the privilege to preside at. Included a man who uh, was not a churchgoer at all. Was just one of those salt of the earth, good as gold people. And this man, through his open kitchen window, started to hear how they were shouting at this little boy. Now, this was in a day before the call to social services. And he noticed that when that little boy got yelled at and abused, he would run out his back door and down into the woods behind this man's house. And so what this man started doing, who had children of his own who were older, what this man started doing is he would sort of count out a little bit of time. He'd watch the kid take off and go to those woods. And then he'd count a little time off to himself. And then he'd go out in the woods looking for him. And sometimes he'd just sit down next to him and say nothing at all. And sometimes he would talk or the boy would talk and they developed this relationship now the little boy continued as he grew into teen years and everything he continued to run back into the woods and the man who was getting older would continue to go back there and then one day as the little boy became a pretty stocky young man the guy went out and bought a punching bag and hung it in his garage and went next door for the boy and brought him over and he said, I want you to know, I understand, that as a boy turns into a man, he can become aggressive and he can have physical things happen that he doesn't want to happen if he just has time to think. So I want you, before you ever hit anybody, I want you to come over to this garage anytime you want, and here's a key, and punch this punching bag until you feel better or talk to me. He taught that kid a whole bunch of things. He taught him so many things about how to live life, how how to love even in the face of hardship. This boy grew to be a man himself. I never knew the boy. But when I went to do his funeral, friends fell out of the woodwork to say, this guy would do anything for anybody. He'd be the one who would call you and say, "Hey, you know, I've got a truck. I know you're moving when you gonna ask or you just show up he didn't want anyone to do anything for him but he was the one who was always there for everybody else that's not the way it usually happens with someone who grows up in a broken home and ends up abused himself so what really happened was this boy learned at the feet of a neighbor what it is to love what it is to live in such a way that helps others and in that cemetery, there was his urn, his box of ashes. And at his request, he was buried at the feet of his neighbor. The neighbor's family were overjoyed with the idea. So the little boy, who grew to be a man, ended up succumbing to cancer in his 40s, at age 47. Was just laid to rest at the feet of the one person he always ran to. So, it immediately made me think of the Good Samaritan story. You all know the Good Samaritan story. Do you remember, though, why Jesus told that story? It was a lawyer who asked, who is my neighbor? Thank God that that kid had someone enter his life who had a firm grasp on the timeless and permanent on the things that really mattered most who was very busy with his own two or three jobs and his own three or four kids but was not too busy to be a true and loving neighbor for one other human being who so desperately needed it. And now they're neighbors for eternity. the timeless and the permanent that we are after has nothing to do with big buildings with golden crosses or even with communion it has nothing to do with our favorite hymn really It has nothing to do with what we do on Sunday morning it has everything to do with what that heretic said two thousand years ago when he said no 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 All of that is trappings and trimming. What's important is that you love God with your whole heart, your mind, soul, and strength. And you love your neighbor as yourself. And then when he was asked, okay, who's my neighbor? In other words, who do I have to love? Who do I have to be this ridiculous with? Who do I have to be inconvenienced by? His answer was to tell a story in which the hero was the most detestable of villains to the Jewish people to his audience his answer was to say everybody is your neighbor everybody is important everybody is needed including you very powerful thing we did in worship on Friday night, we passed the peace, we shared the peace with each other. But we didn't say, Peace be with you, or God's peace be with you. We turned to the person on our right and on our left, and it being the UCC, everywhere else in the room, and we said simply to them, You are loved. So, in order to be the kind of person like a hero to me, Jim Palmer, our sister in law's father, Who rescued a young man and turned a young boy and turned him into a marvelous young man? Let us remember, first of all, each of us, that we are loved. Let us remember, second of all, that everyone else is loved. The timeless and the permanent thing we are seeking is the awareness of that love. So let's take a moment now to turn to the person on our left and the person on our right. And given that we are in this room, and we are who we are, everybody else in the room. And let's say simply to each other, looking into each other's eyes, you are loved. Let's do that now.